Hi, everybody. Um, we are live once again on Facebook, and uh, I am joined today by um, Kamal Kara, the MP for Brampton West, a good friend of mine uh, from Ottawa. Welcome, Kamal. Thanks uh, for joining us today. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to join you. Thank you so much for having me on your Facebook Live. Um, just for uh, reference, uh, so everybody knows, you were elected in 2015 as well, at the same time that I was. You're a registered nurse. Um, you uh, went to school for nursing and um, uh, psychology too. Did I get that That's right? right. Um, so you have right. two degrees in, in nursing and psychology. Um, and this is a really interesting story with what happened to you. Um, and every, most people know by this point that you um, got the coronavirus and COVID-19 um, and it's been in the Globe and Mail and a lot of people have uh, been talking about it. Um, but first, I'm really interested to like go back to when it's like when it started. So we were in Ottawa the last or the first week of March mm -hmm. and everything was like going along fine. And then by Thursday of that week, it became very apparent that we probably were not going to be coming back the following week because everything was starting to shut down. And then the following week, everybody was back home and we were even talking a bunch like amongst the, a group of us that that communicates a lot. And then like from out of nowhere, all of a sudden you announced that you have the coronavirus. Um, do you know like how it got to that point or, or how you got it? No, Mark. Uh, so it's interesting because I think we, uh, as you mentioned, I think we had probably uh, FaceTiming with, you know, yourself, our, our colleague, Jennifer O'Connell. Um, and I think it was the day after that, uh, it was a Saturday night and I was, you know, downstairs watching some TV. It was like around 9, 10 PM. And all of a sudden I started getting to, like, I started just feeling cold. I started to have these shivers and I was like, okay, this is strange. Um, I obviously, you know, I was going to go to bed anyway. So I was in, in my, I self-isolated in bed and the whole night, it started off just me having shivers and then sweating buckets and then having extremely high fever the next day. At that point, um, did you think I, this might be coronavirus? Yeah, I did. You did. Like okay. the, the, it was just strange. Like, you know, I don't get sick. Um, and I, you know, and even if I do like as a nurse, I, I, I know how to kind of get me, you know, get back to, you know, being healthy again and, you know, just take care of myself. Uh, but it was really strange. And, and at that point, I was like, okay, no, I, I need to go, uh, you know, obviously followed all the recommendations that we have been telling people the public health officials have been telling people every single day, uh, got up the next day, put in a mask, um, and got myself tested as at a local assessment center. And after that, I think then I think it was a day after the uh, following day at, at, in the evening, I got a call from uh, Peel Public Health that I tested positive. And you're 32 years old. So no, I'm, I'm 31 years old, 31 years old. That's what I meant. Um, so in, in terms of, um, you know, people primarily being affected by this being older, that's not the case. No, absolutely not. And I think, uh, if you have seen my, if you have seen my clip, I think it's really, you know, that's the kind of what I want to showcase and, and especially to our young Canadians or people, you know, I'm 31 years old. I am a healthy individual. Uh, you know, me, I try to, you know, take extra precautions, you know, wash my hands, hand it highs, you know, when you're kind of a germaphobic in that sense. And for me to be able to get that and, and, you know, it is uh, shocking. Uh, I was shocked. I was scared, but it just goes to show that this virus is everywhere. It is in our communities. We know there's a community spread and that is why it is extremely important for all of us to follow the recommendations of, of uh, public health officials and to stay at home. I mean, that is it. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm gonna play this video so that for those that haven't seen it, can see it. Hi there. Something sitting right here. Beaver's <coughs> still there. It's been three weeks today, but I'm very happy that the nurse calls me every day, checks up on me. Okay, so everybody just saw the video um, and you actually gave some pretty graphic images of um, what uh, it was like having um, COVID-19. Um, mm -hmm. Explain like some of those symptoms, like you had a rash, um, like, like, was it, uh, you know, very aggressive? Was it itchy? Like ex explain the, the symptoms. So Mark, as I said, like, so it started off with mild flu-like symptoms, right? Like that's what I experienced. Uh, and then as some of the days progressed, I realized some days I just absolutely couldn't get out of bed. Some days, you know, I feel like I'm having a good day that I could still work. I still had low grade fever. Um, and then eventually, you know, so you have all your symptoms such as headaches, body aches, fever, cough, sore throat. And then, you know, as I started seeing, okay, I think I'm feeling better. And literally, I think it was a 10 days down, you know, my, my 14 day period. Um, I started to see this rash that started off on my um, arms and my legs. And I didn't think anything of it at that point. I mean, I, I it looked like and maybe an allergic reaction, but the next day when I saw, uh, it just, it was everywhere. And in some of the pictures that I've used, actually, they don't necessarily show of how extreme the rash got. It was all over uh, my body. It was not itchy, but it was very hot to touch. And, you know, anywhere I read, I couldn't find anywhere uh, that, you know, this is a COVID-like symptom. And so I was extremely worried and, and kind of worried about what this was. Uh, but I'm very thankful Mark, I think it's really important a, for people to realize the fact that I was almost every single day, the Peel Public Health uh, nurses, they called me almost every single day to check up on me to see how I was doing, uh, have my symptoms change uh, or, or are they getting better? And I had spoken to the nurse then and she recommended I get in touch with my family doctor. So some of the images that I've used are actually the ones that I've sent to my family doctor. Um, and, and they said it's a viral rush. It is something, you know, I have a virus in my body. Uh, and, and it will, you know, do its course and it will slowly get better. And that, you know, a few days after it, it disappeared. And three weeks is roughly how long your symptoms lasted for? Uh, a bit more than three weeks. It so, was three and a half weeks. And then I had to make sure I was completely symptom free. So I had cough and uh, even fever till last week. I think like it's a, actually a really good message because it, you know, you're informing a lot of younger people that, mm -hmm. that they're, they are just as susceptible to this. Um, as older uh, folks, like my parents, for example, both of them had tested positive. They're in their mid and late seventies and their symptoms, they probably would never have even been tested had they not happened to be in a quarantine. Um, but yet you're so much younger and outside of the the demographic that people assume um, 
COVID-19 is associated with, and yet your symptoms were so much more severe. Exactly. And I, and I think that's exactly the, the message I'm trying to get to young people, especially that think they are invincible or uh, that this virus only affects uh, the elderly or our seniors. Uh, obviously, it affects them differently. And, you know, there's a pandemic in our long term cares right now. Uh, and it's, it's truly a challenge. But there are people like myself and I personally know, know stories in Brampton and people all across Canada that, that actually reached out to me. And there are young people. I mean, it for the, like it really kicked my ass, Mark. I don't get sick. But throughout this whole journey, I realized this it's it wasn't easy to get through this. Uh, but I was just so thankful, uh, you know, for the fact that there were nurses that checked up on me every single day. So, I mean, I think it's just important to understand, like, there's a process in place uh, in terms of, you know, what public health officials are saying, you know, if you have symptoms, self-isolate, go get checked, you know, stay at home, and there's, and, you know, you will be supported every step of the way. And I think my message, you know, that I've been trying to uh, get to as many Canadians as possible is like, look, it's going to if you're if you don't follow the, the public health guidelines, it's going to get to you. And you're not only uh, risking your own life, you're risking lives of Canadians, you're ris risking lives of frontline workers that are working day in and day out to save our lives every day. But of course, our vulnerable Canadians and our seniors. So I think it's incumbent upon all of us to listen to those uh, guidelines and, and to stay at home as much as possible if you're not as uh, not an essential worker. Do you know where you um, contracted the virus from? No, it's just, no. It's in, and in the community, community transmitted, like you hadn't even been out of out of country lately. Correct. No, no. Yeah. that that's correct. Uh, you know, just like everyone else, like we were in Ottawa, and then uh, the following week, I did take a flight to come back to Toronto, and I did go to my office. I went to grocery store. I, you know, I was maintaining my physical distancing and and, and you know follow, you know, following the good uh, hand hygiene and other things. But again, I mean, public health uh, can't necessarily uh, specifically tell you where someone contracts the virus, right? Because there it's in our communities there. We know there's a community spread. Uh, and that's why it's so important for us to follow those guidelines and, and to make sure that we are maintaining physical distancing and staying at home. What are the number of cases like in the Brampton area? Like in Kingston, we're actually quite fortunate because um, nobody's died in, in, in our health unit area. Um, yeah. The cases are relatively low. What's it like in Brampton? We actually, you know, we're doing relatively well than some of the other places. But if you look at the region of Peel, we are close to, you know, the thousand and two two thousand. Uh, it ranges every day in terms of the recoveries that happen. Uh, but we actually had uh, an, a really uh, unfortunate outbreak in one of the uh, long-term cares where uh, military was just called in just today. Uh, actually, that are that are kind of that are kind of supporting uh, the community right now. It is very challenging. Uh, and there are people, Mark, uh, and I see that on social media and, and other through news outlets, there are people out there still uh, in our communities that I see not following the guidelines. And that's why I wanted to make sure I share my story uh, and to talk to Canadians uh, about the fact that this is you are not invincible and you're risking lives of not just yourselves, but also others. I was going to ask you about the, um, how well people are social distancing in the area um, <clears throat> because we um, saw that story that um, people were playing cricket in Brampton and got fined as a result of that. Like, is that, was that a one-off or do you think that just a lot no. of people are not, or do you no, think a lot of people are. are not adhering? Well, I, I think people are getting better, uh, but I think this was early on and I, I, I commend our uh, municipal partners to, you know, make those, uh, 
you know, bylaws and like, you know, make sure that uh, people are not, you know, announce these bylaws, but also making sure they're being enfor uh, you know, enforced. There were people that were playing cricket. There are people that had house parties. I know it's very challenging. Uh, you know, I know Ramadan has just started. Um, you know, there was Vesaki, uh, Easter and other things that people wanted to get together with their families. Uh, but I think it's just important to understand the fact that like, we're risking not our lives, but everyone else's as well. Uh, and no, there are people that are not following and that's exactly my message to them. Stay home. In, in Kingston, we're starting to get a lot more people that are starting to get anxious about reopening things, reopening businesses, reopening stuff like that. What's it like? Um, I know your messages don't do it, but what's it yeah. like in Brampton? Like, do you, do you, do you, do you see the same kind of like, um, uh, people like pushing to try to get things going again? Or, or do you think that people are actually taking it more serious now, given what's been happening in some of the long-term care uh, places and stuff like that? I think, I think for most part, people do understand that, you know, when it comes to a health pandemic like this, you know, it's so important to follow the advice of our experts uh, and our uh, Peel public health officials have been very vocal in saying that we need to kind of, you know, we're seeing um, progress, we're seeing our numbers kind of not exponentially growing uh, at that steady pace. So physical distancing is working. But I think what that leads to is people thinking, hey, we're planting the curve so we can, you know, start to reopen and other things. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, and I think uh, everyone wants to kind of get back into things. I know it's hard, like having stayed in my room for almost three and a half weeks, I can tell you it is at, like, it is hard, not just physically, like mentally uh, for not being able to connect with your family, your friends, uh, your colleagues. Uh, but I can tell you, we have to make sure that we follow the advice because if we open up too soon, Everything that we've done so far, we've done for nothing. Um, and, and, you know, we've heard from WHO and other things that, you know, there could be second waves and third waves. Uh, and we just want to make sure that we control it from the very start. Three weeks in your bedroom alone. And uh, I, I, saw, I read in the Globe and Mail um, story that you said that your family was like putting meals at your door. And three weeks in your bedroom, like that must have been like very taxing on you. Yeah, it was not easy. I hardly stay home. Uh, yeah. And for me to be, you know, not being able to even leave my bedroom it was extremely hard. But I am very thankful for my family, my fiance and my friends. You know, there's people that, uh, you know, got Uber Eats delivered. There's my friends and family that dropped out of food for me, uh, you know, my favorite meals. Uh, and, you know, once I started to have my sense of taste and uh, sense of um, did you lose your back, Did you lose your sense of taste and smell? You did. I did. I did for about three days. Uh, it was just the weirdest thing ever. Um, and but I'm very thankful for everyone that had reached out to me. My community has been uh, so incredibly supportive. Uh, you know, people have been checking on checking up on me every single day to see how I'm doing. So I feel very fortunate in that way. But I do know there are people out there that are not as fortunate um, as I am. And I just want them to know that we're thinking of them. So please reach out to people that you know are going through this because mentally it could exhaust you. It yeah. Exhaust well, I mean, and I, and I even know like in our group chat, um, you're pretty active in it. And there was just like a solid two weeks or two and a half weeks where you, you were like MIA, like every once in a while, we'd see a text message from you. But other than that, you were just like silent like, exactly. It, is, I, it, I, is it like very, like, just does it like a lot of people say it just knocks you out. Like it just drains all your energy. Is that a fair? That's how I felt. And I think for me, it was like, it was few days like that. So I had few days that it completely knocked me out. And then 
I would kind of feel optimistic one day and I, you know what, I think I'm starting to feel better. And I would be, you know, working all day, trying to catch up, you know, to all my emails and, and, you know, all my calls. And then it'll hit me like, okay, maybe I worked, I didn't give myself enough um, rest that day. And I would feel it the next day right away. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think you can see that through my group chats, like the days that I've been talking a lot and, and been, um, you know, messaging you guys is some of the days that I did feel better. And, and there's days that I didn't want to look at my phones. I didn't want to look at my like laptop, my, my, or read a book, anything. I just wanted to just stay in, but I couldn't move. That's crazy. I just absolutely couldn't move. That's crazy. Okay. Um, we told people to, um, if they had any questions to put them in the comments and Parth is on with us. Um, like he usually is, and he's going to ask some of those. So, Parth, uh, if you're there, do you do you have any questions for what people might be asking about um, Kamal's experience? Yeah. So the first question comes from Brent, who's wondering: Were you alone, and at what temperature did you decide to go to the hospital? So I don't think you actually ever went to the hospital, right? Um, or yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't have to go to the hospital. Uh, what I ended up doing was, so I started, so I had shivers. I was extremely cold and then very hot all of a sudden and I had fever uh, late at night. And my temperature that night was 38 point, I think it was 38.8. Uh, and then the, the next morning it was like 39.9 even. And, and I had taken Tylenols. Uh, so when I went to, usually they say, if, you know, if you want to go get a test, uh, don't take Tylenol just before because, you know, your temperature, it'll be, you know, you won't, ha you won't be, uh, you won't have a fever anymore. So right. they may not test you. Uh, but I, so I, even after taking the Tylenol, um, you know, I was still febrile and um, they tested me right away. Wow. So they kind of probably sensed that you had uh, coronavirus. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, next question, Parth. So the next question comes from Aiden who's wondering are you feeling completely better now or do you still feel off a little bit that's a really good question um I you know and, and Mark was asking me this uh, earlier today and I was like I feel absolutely fine now uh I haven't been able to yet you know start you know going out for runs and, and other things that I that I do enjoy doing because you know for your body to completely recover and get to that point it will take that time but I, but I will tell, I'll share a story, you know, it was, I think it was about last week. And when I first time ever, when I went downstairs, even I left my room and I went downstairs in my kitchen and, and I just took to stairs and those stairs, even, you know, I just felt like I couldn't breathe. I just didn't have the lung capacity. I, was, I had shortness of breath. And that's when I realized, wow, like it's still kicking my ass. Um, but I mean, I feel completely fine now, but I haven't been able to get back into exactly the routine that, that I've been doing prior to COVID. Does it give you a different outlook on things? Oh my God. Yes. I mean, uh, I think it was the day before yesterday when for, for the first time ever, I went for a walk outside and I was just mesmerized by the fact that I could go for a walk. Uh, but it does give you a different perspective, you know, for someone that hasn't left their room in, you know, three and a half weeks, four weeks, uh, you'll just go enjoy a nice walk and get some fresh air. It, it just changed my mood and, and you start to appreciate little things in life, uh, you know, your family and friends that I connected with that I haven't been able to do that. You know how our lives are. We mm. get extremely busy. Um, and, and I was able to connect with some folks uh, that I haven't connected with them over like a year or so. So it was, wow. it was, you know, it, it does give you a, a sense of where things are in life for you. Yeah. All right, Parth, you got another question there? Yeah. So the next question comes from Sherry, who's wondering, 
Kamal, did you feel scared at all? Were you scared? Like, did you ever think, um, wow, um, you know, this might, you know, be really, really bad? Like, yeah. No, that's the, you know, a lot of people ask me that, especially when I did a couple of the interviews and a lot of the reporters are really interested in me, how I feel like, I don't like, I don't know how I felt, uh, you know, you kind of, you know, I remember that night when, uh, you know, the nurse called me and she said, you, you know, you're tested positive. And I was like, wow, like more than anything, I think I was shocked uh, because I had been so careful. I had been following all the, you know, maintaining physical distancing, washing my hands and everything else. And the fact that we don't know much about COVID yet, like it's such a new, you know, concept for us. But I mean, we know, we also know, everyone is also an expert at COVID. Um, but I think more more than I think I was just uh, like that fear of unknown, uh, you know, that I, that I am going to be going into something I have no idea about, because we've heard really positive stories of, you know, even your own parents that, uh, which, you know, I've spoken to you about that have, uh, you know, had a really good kind of recovery. And, and they're, I'm so happy to know that, you know, they're fully recovered and they're doing so well. Um, and there's people, Mark, that I personally know there's a family uh, that my, my mom worked with, both husband and wife, and they end up passing away actually from COVID and they've left three daughters that are teenagers. Wow. Um, so you just, I consider myself extremely fortunate. Um, was I scared? Yeah, there were days that I was extremely scared because I just don't know. Um, but you know, the fact that, um, you know, I recovered, I am very, very grateful for that. But again, it's just supposed to show that this virus affects everyone differently. So it doesn't matter, you know, how old you are or what race you are or what gender you are. It is, it affects everyone differently. We don't know enough about it. And there is, so for you to protect yourself, it's to home uh, as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, Parth, do you have another question? Yeah, so Brent is wondering, how did you stay mentally fit during this whole situation? Yeah, I mean, as we were just talking about, um, you know, that was, I, I think more than the physical symptoms, I think uh, mentally, um, you know, for you, for anyone to be able to stay in their room for almost a month. And I know we're all doing this, uh, every Canadian and so many Canadians are working from home and haven't seen their family and friends in such a long time. Um, I was just able to make sure that I've connected with my friends and families and my colleagues. Um, I've tried to keep a routine. So even if I wasn't feeling uh, good in certain days, I try to make sure I try to get up on the same time. I try to, you know, do my stretches, uh, you know, drink lots of fluids, uh, try to, you know, read a good book or, or watch funny, um, something on Netflix, Netflix, if anything, a funny episode of Office, maybe uh, that cheered me up. But it is so important, uh, you know, to take care of your mental health. Uh, and I, I'm just extremely thankful that I've had uh, much support from my family and friends that, uh, you know, virtual phone calls, virtual uh, kind of technology is great now because you can, you know, there's so many different apps uh, that you can use and, you know, connect with your friends. And I, that really got me through this whole thing. Mm. Um, so Parth, I think we've got time for one more question. Do you have one more there? Yeah. Uh, so Holly's wondering, what did you do when you were stuck in your room all day? Did you catch up on Netflix shows? <laughs> uh, I wish I did. It, it, it's really interesting, though, because, uh, and Mark knows this, as members of Parliament, too, uh, we 
there's so much that we've been able to do and every day, you know, where there's a new policy with, with new things coming forward. And I want to make sure that my constituents are also well served. So I, I try to have, uh, you know, I try to catch up on, on my emails and make sure that I'm connecting with my constituents. Um, there's, uh, especially in Brampton, there's awfully a lot of folks that are still stuck abroad, a lot of Canadians that are still stuck abroad. So a lot of my uh, time was also just making sure that they're getting all the counselor service services and, and that we're able to bring them home. Um, and on odd times, I mean, I, as I said, I, I think I use that time to just catch up on some of the, you know, some of the family and friends that I haven't spoken to in a long time. Uh, because our lives are so busy uh, and, and I really took time to realize, you know, little things in life, like uh, knowing that, you know, connecting with friends is so important. Um, before this happened, um, just before you had found out that you had had um, tested positive for coronavirus, you had indicated that you, because you're a nurse, a registered nurse, that you were going to go back and um, work on the front lines and help um, uh, in an area where there's so much help that's required. Um, so are you still planning on doing that now that you have at least, uh, 95% recovered? hundred percent Mark. Uh, and just to kind of take you back, uh, you know, when RNAOs, which is a registered nursing, uh, nurses association of Ontario, when their call to action came out and I saw it online on Twitter that they reached out to, they, re they were reaching out to retired nurses. They were reaching out to nurses that are not practicing anymore. Uh, to put their name forward to volunteer for it was supposed to be for virtual uh you know uh, virtual telehealth mm -hmm. um and i put my note i put my name forward uh and i i'm i remain on that list uh i've actually been in touch with uh especially uh, there's a huge need at our long-term cures right now so i'm hoping uh to be get back in the front lines and to balance my time you know with being a member of parliament as prosac and as well as as, as a nurse so I, I look forward to contributing as well that's awesome well um kamal thanks so much for taking the time uh, say hi to JD for me. And Vanessa says hi. She was excited that you were coming on tonight. To, I love Vanessa. <laughs> tell her tell her and your family that I said hi. And I'm so happy to see that you're all doing well. Uh, and thank you for keep doing these um, FaceTime, uh, sorry, Facebook lives, because I think they're so important. Uh, and uh, to all the constituents in uh, Kingston and the islands, you guys have a great MP. So stay safe and stay well. And uh, we're, we're going to get through this together. Thanks a lot, Kamal. Re really appreciate it. And have a great evening, everybody. Mm -hmm.